I'm Amber Lowther, journalist and blogger at Fashion Avenue, which is your one-stop shop for all things fashion and beauty, and welcome to my podcast. Today, I'm chatting to celebrity stylist and creative director, Elliot Garneau. Elliot has dressed some of Australia's biggest names in fashion, TV, and beyond, like Kate Waterhouse, Nadia Fairfax, and Carl Stefanovic, and has even styled backstage at Paris Couture Fashion Week. If you've ever wanted to know what a day in the life of a stylist is like, and how Elliot has carved out his own career in fashion, then make sure you keep on listening. Elliot, thank you so much for joining me on the Fashion Avenue podcast. Babe, thank you so much for having me on. It's actually my first podcast ever. So I'm like excited. Am I nervous? What's going to (laughs) happen? Does something pop out of the hat? Like, I don't know, but I'm ready to rock. Yes, don't be nervous. It's just going to be a whole lot of fun and we're going to learn everything there is to know about you and everything that you've been doing. So let's jump into it. Okay, so number one, tell me about your upbringing and when fashion caught your eye. Um, My upbringing was pretty standard, really. Like, I can't say that there was anything out of the ordinary. I'm a Melbourne boy born and bred and um, grew up with one younger brother who is extremely different to me. Fashion (laughs) always played a really, really big part in our lives, albeit my brother and I are very different. He's also very sartorial. Our mum is a country kid. Well, it's not really country anymore, actually. It's more like urban, rural. But my mum grew up in Eden Park, which is kind of near like the Whittlesea area. Okay. And she had a little boutique out that way in Diamond Creek called Holly Mac. And so she used to like come into town and like do the buying with her. She she owned it with my grandmother. And they used to come into town to like go down um, Flinders Lane, which is apparently where you used to go and do all the buying and stuff. So we were always very much surrounded by fashion. My mother is very glamorous. My grandmother was very glamorous. They were very glamorous uh, and very glamorous women. So we were just kind of surrounded by by clothes from an early age and a passion to look good from an early age. Um, And not necessarily any sort of pressure, but like, you know, clothes is a way of an expression of yourself and, you know, to, to chuck something on your back that would make you feel comfortable um, will give you the confidence to um, take on any challenge throughout the day, year, month, whatever it may be. Yeah. And when when did you start getting interested in fashion? Always from a young age. Like I was always super into fashion as a kid. Like, uh-huh. holy shit, if I go back through some of the holiday <laughs> photos, mum was like, mate, that is all you. I'm not taking any responsibility for this. I was going through some photo albums recently. I was away with my parents and we were just going through some old photo albums. And um, we, I was in France and I must have been like, God, like 10 or 12 months max and um had this like fugly like sweater vest on with like a bandana like tied back etnies with like the detachable e's the huge laces and these like hot tuna shorts that i bought from target i thought i was like the hottest person on planet earth and mum was like shit mate like you were so into it but god you got it wrong and i was like well you know what dog you got to challenge yourself you can't get it right every time trial and so error really, right trial and error and she and like that was my parents are so supportive of anything my brother and i do so they were my mum was always like take a shopping and we we kind of choose whatever and we dress ourselves and have a bit of an experimentation. So fashion from an early age was like very prevalent. That's awesome. Whether or not I thought of it as a career happened really young as well. Like I always said I wanted to be a fashion designer and all that kind of stuff as you do when you don't really know much about the fashion industry yeah. when you're younger. So it's like you see fashion, so you think fashion design. But um, obviously I didn't go into fashion design. But yeah, definitely from for as long as I can remember really. Yeah. And so what was your career like leading up to what you're doing now? Um, a bit all over the shop, doll. I could right. pull out the pieces of the puzzle and I just kind of put them together better. Um, I went to the White House Institute of Design and I graduated with a Bachelor of Design from there. I definitely realized early on, though, that there were kids much more talented than me when it came to pattern making and sewing machines and that kind of stuff. So Mm -hmm. I thought to myself, where is an avenue that I can work in the industry that's not necessarily related to fashion design itself, where I can still be super creative but also very social? I applied for an internship actually overseas in Hong Kong Mm -hmm. at Lane Crawford. They were taking interns at the time, which was in 2000 and shit, 2011. <laughs> yep, yep. 
so and I landed the internship and I, I moved to Hong Kong wow. um, and I spent three years over in Hong Kong so I was working over there um, as an intern and then I got opposition and then that all co- kind of rolled on to different bits and pieces in Hong Kong I went to work for a startup that is um, sadly now closed down called LuxUp which was kind of the amalgam of styling and creative direction with editorial so it was kind mm. of like a digital platform magazine shoppy kind of shitstorm really right. <laughs> and probably why it's gone but um, anyway so I just sunk my teeth into many different aspects of the fashion industry in Hong Kong and then um, I moved to Sydney and went and tried on the PR side of things the fashion PR side of things and a few different bits and pieces and next minute I was back in Melbourne working for myself as a stylist so wow. yeah there's definitely been some facets that have contributed to this but it wasn't always styling there was always other avenues of the industry that I wanted to try before I decided to settle and I feel like that's what happens with a lot of people they kind of try a few different things to see kind of what fits and then from there they kind of make their own career out of that oh, absolutely babe it's try before you buy with everything like oh, it's like yeah. a car or a boyfriend you want to try it before you buy it <laughs> So true. <laughs> how did you get your break in styling and how did you start to work with bigger names as your clients? This story's kind of become one of folklore. So I <laughs> was I was actually back in Melbourne and I took a year out of the industry and I actually went to work for my family business, which is in banking. So completely wow. different <laughs> to what I'm currently doing. But, um, you know, just pay your dues, never bite the hand that feeds you. And it was really yeah. important to me to go and, and just do that. And albeit it wasn't necessarily directly related to what I do now and you know did teach me about the business of business so it was great to go and spend some time in the family business with dad and and just sink my teeth into that amazing experience and I wouldn't change it for the world Um, anyway and then towards the end of 2017 um, Rosalia Russian's manager actually reached out to me and said um, hey like are you interested in styling Rosalia for Derby Day in 2017 she follows you on Instagram and she really likes your personal style and she thinks you're really funny and all this shit and I was like great um, and I was like, fuck it. Well, oh, sorry, I'm not sure if I'm allowed to swear on the podcast. You can, every- you can. It's so fine. to everyone listening, I have got the, like, literally, like, the mouse from the south. So apologies <laughs> to everybody listening. But um, anyway, so I was like, fuck it, why not? So went and sunk my teeth in. And I'm so grateful for the opportunity because it has now led me to where I am. And we worked on an outfit with Michelle Zimborian from Mish Collection. And it really just kind of catapulted everything. It was so much fun. And the dress was a little bit risque. And I always yeah. try to keep my finger on the pulse. And it was a time when the beret was just kind of like starting out so we slapped a beret on her and we made the dress short and she couldn't wear any undies and it was pouring rain oh my god what is this shit storm and like what have i got myself into this guy is fucking crazy (laughs) and that was it and then the rest is kind of history and now here we are on the podcast wow and so you started with a bit of rosalia she was on my podcast a little while back at the start of the year so that was good and she actually mentioned you in it so there you go bit of a full circle you know what like (laughs) all all good things come full circle don't they (laughs) They do and so you've styled for people like kate waterhouse even Carl Stefan Novik, Nadia Fairfax. How do you work with each person in their individual style? It's really funny for me, like as a stylist, that is an absolute par- paramount importance to me. I oh. work with all of my clients really, really differently. And not to necessarily say differently in the way that like everyone gets different looks and clothes. Mm. For me, the most important thing, and I say, I can say this until I'm blue in the face, 50% of any outfit is the way in which you wear it. So for me, it's just making sure that each individual client, no matter who they are, feels comfortable in what they're wearing because
because the confidence that they exude from each outfit will speak so much louder than the actual outfit itself. So you just kind of develop these relationships with these guys and girls and, and so many have become such good friends of mine throughout the process too. And you just kind of work on, you know their aesthetic and you know what they will feel great in. So subsequently you just w- work towards those strengths and um, it's a win for everyone when the girls or and occasionally the guys feel really, really great about what they're wearing. That's the most important thing to me. Yeah, amazing. And how do you kind of like sit down with them and go, okay, this is how we're going to do this? Like what's your process with working with clients? I wish there was a process. There's so isn't <laughs> like... I really, God, does that sound unprofessional? Like, it's just, <laughs> no. we just kind of sit down and it's more about like, okay, what's coming up? What have we got going on? What have you had your eye on? And that, and we, we are living in a time in where we are inundated with inspiration around us, whether we yeah. be scrolling Instagram. I'm like a big fan of, you know, bricks and mortar. Like I'll buy all the mags and I'll flick through them every month. So I will maybe like see something that I've loved, styled by something in half a bizarre or mm-hmm. I'll tear it out and I'll be like, oh, that's really, really cool. And that'd be really great for Nadia or that'd be really great for Rosa. Mm-hmm. And then I'll just kind of like almost pitch them in the idea and be like, hey, what do you reckon of this and what do you reckon of that? So that's kind of my process a little bit more. I'll just kind of be constantly inspired by the media that I'm consuming around me um, or people on the street or people in an airport or, you know, you just see stuff all the time. I travel all the time if I'm overseas and the aesthetic of how people dress themselves is so different in France and then in Hong Kong it's different again. Yeah. So you just, you're constantly surrounded by inspiration. So I'll just kind of like take a cheeky snap at someone or I'll see something or I'll <laughs> bookmark it on Instagram and yeah. that's kind of how it starts. Yeah, right. um, and obviously these girls are so busy so they'll always have um, an opportunity to be able to explore those. So, um, yeah. yeah, that's kind of how it works, really. Yeah, wow. And, and you've styled for a number of big events on the fashion calendar. So what's your favourite event to style for? They're all so different. I've got to say, I do love working throughout the racing season, albeit mm-hmm. it is the most challenging job you will have. Yeah. Um, just with it's so multifaceted um, yeah. in terms of, like, you really have to consider everything. Like, millinery just throws a, a huge spanner in the works, not a spanner in the works, but another element to an outfit. So it is really fun, though, racing. And everyone's really excited about racing, too, and, yeah. Um, I'm the official stars for the Victoria Racing Club. So yes. I'm really lucky with the opportunities that that amazing team of girls presents me. So racing would definitely have to be my favorite. It's just a little bit more fun and you can really push the boundaries in racing too. I think more yeah. so now than ever, people are getting a little tired of the same old shit. So they're like, yeah. you know what, let's push it and let's try a different millinery or let's try a headpiece and structure it. And you can push it. And as I say to the girls all the time, like an outfit is so subjective. An outfit is like art. Well, not art. That sounds really snobby. An outfit's not like art but like an outfit to use art as a theory it's completely subjective you can walk into somebody's home and they may have a piece of art that you despise and they adore yeah. and that's again that's what fashion is for me I might particularly like something that the girls might not like or someone else might not like at all but racing is a really fun time where you can really push the gauntlet there mm, yeah. um, and kind of redefine what people's taste is and be a little bit shocking people might not like it people might but you know yeah. what at least you had a good time and the girls feel great exactly I, I personally love seeing what looks are popping up for racing I guess like here in Brisbane we kind of miss out on everything happening down in Melbourne but it's always nice to kind of jump on and see everything that's happening. I'd do anything to go to a spring racing carnival event. It's probably one of my favourites. Um, well, just... babe, the invite's open. <laughs> uh, like, if the girls at the VRC are listening to this, we'll hook you up with tickets. <laughs> oh my god, a dream. <laughs> but I wanted to actually chat to you because you actually became the first official stylist of the Victoria Racing Club, which you just said. So congrats, first of all. That's bloody Thank amazing. You. Thank you very much. So Thank you. What did that mean to you and what does that role entail? Well, I 
I've been a member of the racing club down here since I was 12 years old. So for me, it was just an absolute pinch yourself moment. When you work Mm -hmm. as a stylist, there's so many different avenues that you can explore. Like whether you're doing celebrity red carpet styling, whether you're doing editorial styling, whether you're doing commercial styling for, you know, a shoe brand or a clothing brand. So to be able to land with a racing club like the Victoria Racing Club that I have actually been a member of and a supporter of for such a long time and attending the races, Mm -hmm. that was particularly special to me. Oh, I love every single job I do, but that one for me was just, it really hit home as somewhere that I knew I was very familiar with, with the racetrack and with how people should be dressing yeah. at the racetrack and that kind of stuff. So it was a really special one, actually. And we're just about to enter our second year, which is even more exciting yeah. because um, we've worked so well. And, and the girls at the race club are just the absolute dream. And the racing ambassador, Georgia Connolly, is an absolute godsend. Like, I just adore her. I w- worship ground she walks on. Mm-hmm. So it just does now feel like family. And everyone really looks out for each other at the VRC. It's really, yeah. it's a really beautiful environment to work with. That's in- lovely. And it's so exciting that time of year and everything just kind of heightens everyone just so excited about everything that's going on down there well, exactly and it's, right yeah the race that stops the nation like literally seriously, <laughs> it doesn't get much better than the melbourne cup carnival like no. the energy in melbourne around that time of year is just unparalleled it's so fun and like everyone's here for a good time yeah everyone's getting dressed up to go out everyone's having a little bit of a pun on the races and yeah. you know whether it's 20 bucks you get yourself involved and it's mm-hmm. just a really 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 exciting time to be in melbourne and it, yeah. it does make you really proud to be a melbourneite too because it is an event on a global scale there is no yeah. event like like the melbourne cup and yeah. there's no week like the melbourne cup carnival yeah. so for us to be able to host that is something that i'm really proud of yeah that's incredible i need to go down for melbourne cup i've been saying it since i was like 16 and i still haven't got done it i know i You've really got the preeminent fashion podcast if you're not in reporting live from the track i don't know what you're doing <laughs> Should set up like a little booth or something and just yeah, exactly bring right. people in. I can, just, I can help usher people in. Like we'll just you know we'll just usher some people in from last year. You know, Elvis person's rolling around. We'll just like you know give her yes. a quick clap and in she goes. <laughs> And just give people like a little champagne as they come in just totally. so they're, you know, they're ready to go. Exactly right. <laughs> Let's organise that. That sounds great. Done. <laughs> and you recently came back from Paris Couture Fashion Week, which was bloody amazing. Yeah. Tell me about what you did over there and what your day-to-day was. Paris Couture Week was absolutely phenomenal. Again, like another one of those pinch me moments where you really don't think when you're starting out that you'd see yourself at Couture Week. Like it's just, it is something else. I work really closely with Tony Matuszewski and Tony is wow. like just, one of the most beautiful gentlemen you'll ever meet in your entire life. I could not have more time for him. Mm-hmm. And it actually, I received an invite from T's team saying that he was showing at Couture Week and I knew that from that moment, he's been so supportive of me as well that I wanted to go over to Paris to support him. Yeah. Um, and then it was just one of those things that you just follow the bouncing ball, really. So I ended up shooting a, a really exciting cover story over there with Gritty Pretty. So that I think comes awesome. out in September or October. Yeah. So um, did a little bit of editorial work over there and then um, went to a few of the presentations did some really exciting stuff with Dior and Christian Louboutin and um, Paolo Sebastian, who's in another amazing talent yeah, right. from Adelaide. Mm-hmm. He was showing over there in a presentation. So it was just great to go and connect with. I'd actually never worked with Paul before, Paolo Sebastian. Yeah. Um, and, I, I, and I'm yet to, but having gone and seen his collection in real life, it was just absolutely breathtaking. So yeah. I'm going to be literally flying to Adelaide, kicking down his door and begging for a dress. Oh my gosh, but, his dresses are brilliant. A yeah, lot of Carrie, Carrie Bickmore wears a lot of his stuff for, um, like, what is it, like Logies, I think. Um, 
um, or something. I, I swear she always wears Paolo Sebastian. He's just, he is seriously one of Australia's best design talent. He, yeah. The, the stuff, like just the workmanship that was, uh, when you see these yarns in real life, just the workmanship that's actually gone into them is just, is really quite breathtaking. Wow. Um, so yeah, it was great. And then, um, yeah, bits and pieces with a few of the international brands and then obviously a few of our insanely, amazingly talented local designers. And then I was out of there. Awesome. Wow. Busy. Fun though. Very fun. Bloody hot. But <laughs> was like, it? Good. Yeah. Oh, well, Wouldn't good. have changed it for the world. And hopefully you very, had a very, bit of, you had a bit of downtime over there, right? Yeah, of course. And oh, then I tr- tripped off to Greece and annoyed the shit out of my mum and dad because <laughs> all my friends bailed on me and I decided to go on holiday with my parents like a 28 year old adult does. <laughs> Why not, right? It's always fun with totally, the fam. Totally. <laughs> and so what do you think has helped you secure amazing opportunities like that? Um, I don't necessarily think that there's been anything in particular to me that has aided any sort of work like that. I just yeah. think it's, if you've got your head down your ass up and you're willing to work your ass off and put in the time and the hours, mm. um, I think it's possible for anyone, really. Yeah. I yeah. just, I've always never been afraid of a hard day's work and I've really been, that's really been strapped into us by um, our dad and just be able to put in the hours, really dedicate yourself to your work and find real passion in what you're doing as well. I think that it's an absolute fundamental element to anyone's life and whatever they're doing. If you're not loving it, it, it will show in your work and subsequently True. you just won't feel motivated. Yeah. So yeah, that, I, I guess that's it. It's just, you know, really working your ass off and, and dedicating the time and the effort and, and not overlooking and not cutting corners and that kind of stuff. I think that really what stands out more than anything is an attention to detail and having not cut anything short, you know, really just yeah. committing to the job, giving 100% to each job. And at the end of the day, as a stylist who's freelance and works for themselves, it is your name on the work. So you yeah. really do want to be proud of what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so true. Good advice. So anyone listening that wants to get into styling, there you go. You've got to work. It's not all, you know, a walk in the park, is it? Well, no, not necessarily. Although we do get to walk in parks on streets <laughs> sometimes. So, you know. Yeah, that's fine. You, physically, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so when you're traveling for jobs, what are some suitcase essentials? And do you, like, do you have any tips Fuck on staying me. organized? I, mean, <laughs> I am on a plane, like, literally most weeks. Oh, um, And I, okay, this is my number one traveling tip, actually. So everyone get out a pen and paper. Yeah, right. Okay, all the dust bags that come with your shoes that you buy, do not fucking throw them out. Don't even think about it. That is how I literally compartmentalize my whole entire suitcase. So it's like one's got undies, one's got socks, one's got that, blah, 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 blah. And then you just pack everything into your little dust bags. And then when you open it all up, there it all is. It's just like bang, 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 super, super neat. Oh my God. So I was just away recently um, with some very good girlfriends of mine. And this was in London. And my girlfriend by the name of Sarah, I was, Sarah was like, I've got to go home and pack. And I was like, oh, Jesus, you travel, you don't travel like girlfriend. I'm like, how much have you got? <laughs> and she's like, no, 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 don't worry. This is next level. And like, I'm even inspired by this. Sarah garment bags everything that she travels with. Oh my God, so she, you're kidding. And, and to the point of hangers. So she literally will do all the dust bags, like tick, tick, tick. We all love her dust bags. Then she'll be like, okay, all of the hangers, so all of her dresses and anything that's already pre steamed she puts on her own hangers and then puts them in a clear garment bag with the black zip up the front, zips them up, folds them over once and a half, packs them all in the remote suitcases and off they go. And then when she gets to the hotel at the other end, she then unpacks it all, unzips it and bang, and just hanging. Like she lives there, she lived there for like 10 years. Oh, it is the best idea oh my God. I've ever heard, but fuck me, I am not that organized and oh. nor would I commit to that. No, like, that's, no way. That's a lot of time. That's a lot of time and a lot of effort, but I tell you what, it saves her a lot of time at the other end. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, here I am but, like rolling my clothes and being like, oh, oh no, shit. I'm not a roll. <laughs> I'm not a roller. I'm definitely not a roller. I'm a folder. Right. But mm. travel essentials. Um, I have, I never leave the house. I have three daily edited like power packs, you know, like those oh, yes. like, portable charger things. Yeah. I actually have a survival kit, which is right next to me. Would you like to know some of the things yes. in the survival kit? Yes, pull it goes, out. Hold on, let me just, can you, can you hear it? <laughs> yes, that's okay. the best. 
So this is it comes on me with every single aeroplane, right? Anywhere ever, like I literally. Okay, so I've got a miniature of the Hermes fragrance that I wear. Amazing. Ultraven nasal spray because you get a bright dry nose on an aeroplane. Right. I've got hand sanitizer. I've got a Charlotte Tilbury concealer. Right. I've got a pen in this particular is pink ink. Just in case anyone didn't know I was gay, <laughs> I have to start writing in pink. <laughs> I've got the Chanel Creme Main hand cream. I've got a Ventolin because I can kind of sometimes get a bit asthma-y. Toothbrush, toothpaste, lip balm, Panadol, blotting paper, gum, deodorant, sleeping tablet. Oh, my God. You're sorted. Matches. I don't know why I've got matches. I don't know why I've got matches. Oh, and earplugs and earplugs. Wow. Oh, and eye drops. That's it. Right. That's actually it. Uh, Is having matches like a safety hazard on a plane? I don't know. Is it? I don't really know why I've got matches. I guess if I'm, you know, lighting an impromptu candle here or there, I I need to be set up. You need to be ready. That's my travel essentials and that is literally it. I love that that was just so raw and you had it right there with you and you just opened it up. There it is. There it is. And I'm packing it all back in. There you go. You're ready to go. You're ready to fly. Ready to go. Next plane. <laughs> and so if I was to ask what a week for you looks like, what can you tell me? Every single week is completely different. It would be impossible to answer that question. But <laughs> if it was to break it down, um, like from a work perspective, so there'd be a couple of, okay, let's, let's use this week as an example. So yeah. we're on Tuesday. Mm-hmm. So there's, um, I'm working on a couple, uh, well, more than a couple, like a, a handful of outfits for some of the girls that I work with. Mm-hmm. So doing some exciting stuff for Lindy Klim this week. And then yeah. I have, a commercial shoot tomorrow for a shoe brand and I have another shoot on Friday for another commercial client. Right. And so that's this week. So you just kind of break it up between sourcing for the commercial shoots because obviously they're quite, they're full day shoots. So you yeah. require a certain amount of um, looks and things like that. And the commercial shoots are really, really good fun as well because you, you're working with some amazing clients who have a particular vision about their brand. Yeah. So you really get to collaborate with a designer or, a, or an owner of a brand who, um, who isn't entrusting you with your vision. So it's mm-hmm. a really exciting collaborative process and um, I actually really love doing the big shoots. They're, they're really, really good. Yeah, great. And so if I was to ask you what a day for you looks like, like think today or yesterday, tell me like what's your process? What do you do in the morning until you go to bed? Oh, like everything? Yeah. I want to know. Okay, so today. It gets like cut out for a second there. It was a flash of inspirational light, baby. It's just a fashion <laughs> energy. That's it. Bursting through the phone. It was, actually, it was actually me lying saying that I went to the gym this morning. The phone was like, fuck no, you didn't. <laughs> and it just blocked me. Yeah, that was it. <laughs> It just fully blocked you out of it. Um, but I actually did go to the gym this morning. Go so I like, okay, get up, pretty active, go to the gym, mm-hmm. have a coffee, cruise on into the office. I'm always in my uh, like at my desk by say like eight thirty, eight eight thirty, nine o'clock latest. Yep. Smash through the morning emails, and then you kind of just pull up what's going on for the day. So we keep my assistant and I, we keep everything digitally, so our lines of communication are totally open. So I'll just go through, see what she's done, what I need to follow up on for her. If she needs my assistance with anything, and then I'll just kind of pump through the different bits and pieces, whether it be talking to the PRs or to the brands directly about loans for the girls or for um, the commercial jobs. Right. And then it's just kind of back and forth on email. Today, I was over at Rosalia's house. I had a fitting with her for a commitment that she's got tomorrow. Great. So I went through some options for that. And then this afternoon, we'll be garment bagging everything up and cataloging everything ready for the shoot board tomorrow. Awesome. Wow, busy. A lot of email time yeah. as well. That's like me. Of, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and always, email's always on in the background, right? So it's always keen yeah. away. Seriously. And like, even when I'm watching TV at and I should be relaxing at night. I'm like, okay, I'm going to check my emails. Oh, well, see, like my thing, so because I lived in Hong Kong for so long, culturally, it's a very big thing over there. We all get foot massages. Oh so when God. I moved back to Australia, I was like, well, that's not going anywhere, doll. Like, <laughs> as if. 
So I will go and get a foot massage, like, say, you know, middle of the week, say it's a Wednesday afternoon, leave the office, say, at about 6, 6.30. Yeah. I'll just roll in and have, like, 6.30 or 7.30 or foot massage, and I'll just, like, finish off my day while I'm getting a foot oh. massage. I just pump out the rest of my day on email um, whilst I'm getting a foot massage. The best. What the hell? I've actually just, for tomorrow, I've booked in for a remedial massage for an hour. Oh, nice, 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 nice. I'm, I'm, like, sore. I've been doing, like, all these new workout classes, and I've, I'm busy, well and I've had enough. So I've booked in, so I'm going to enjoy that tomorrow. Yeah, just make sure they're, you know, really getting your nuts and bolts. You want to be, oh, like, yeah. really massaged out. Yeah, I need to be loose. Yeah, exactly right. <laughs> and, <laughs> and so how many jobs do you manage at a time, like, styling-wise? Um, like, as many as are required, really. There's wow. no definitive number. Like, I, um, unless there's really an issue with something that is not going to work with the particular job that's been requested, uh, generally speaking, we always go ahead. Yeah, wow. So, Great. Yeah, like, I don't know. Like, I can't put a number on it, really. Yeah. As many as many. As, as many as I'm asked to do. Yeah, great. Well, if anyone's listening, uh, Elliot's open and ready. <laughs> <laughs> exactly right. Always open and ready. No, um, it's kind of like one of those things. Like there are always like quieter and busier times of the year, especially yeah. in the industry as well. So mm-hmm. we're, we're for, for all of our, our stylists out there, we're really picking up to a very busy time of the year. Yeah. Especially our stylists based down in Melbourne um, with racing. It's yeah. like it really gets quite busy with mm-hmm. everything leading up. But yeah. essentially, you know, we start planning now. Yeah, so, God. Yeah. Awesome. And so let's Let's talk highlights. So what's your biggest career highlight to date, do you think? Um, I was really, 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 really kind of taken aback by, I got booked to do a small job with Bonds or, or to do a, like an intermittent campaign with Bonds last year. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they rebooked me to do their spring summer campaign, swimwear. Yeah. Um, and that was a real moment for me because being an Aussie kid who quintessentially Aussie family, to be able to work with a brand like Bonds was a really, like a really big thing for me. I absolutely loved it. And then to be able to style their spring summer swimwear campaign their first swimwear collection was awesome. We're up on the Gold Coast in Miami Beach for three days, five models, this huge production crew. They overtook a complete motel and they renovated the whole thing, painted it, like really cleaned it out. It was like a full on serious three-day affair and we're shooting like stills and digital it was all the social content tvc billboards like all oh that. My that was God. a that was a really really cool job that That's was a amazing. really cool job but i think it was the fact that it was bonds was really really cool because i'm like why well, wear bonds every day yeah so, staple awesome staple yeah 100 percent. that's amazing good on you what a campaign Thanks. jeez yeah really good fun yeah and if you could style anyone in the world who would it be um Style anyone in the world. Mm, who would you choose? Um, <laughs> who would I choose? I mean, God, that's a massive question. <laughs> I tell you what I'd love. I would love it if my mum would stop talking shit and just let me dress her once. <laughs> like, she taught me so much. And, yeah. You know, like, I really credit her for my love for fashion and subsequently for the industry. Yeah. I would love, and so, you know, she'll always ask me, like, well, what do you think of this? What do you think of that? Or, and I'm, similarly, I will say to her, mum, what do you think of this? And what do you think of that? Mm-hmm. I would love it if I could just get my hands on her without her arguing and be like, this is what you wearing yeah. you're rocking it um not that she needs any help but like i would love to style mum from yeah. head to toe oh that's cute that's a good answer i like that Thank you. Awesome. <laughs> and in your opinion who is one celebrity that always gets it right when it comes to what they wear kendall jenner like you didn't even have to finish the question for me <laughs> no i'm not fun. sure if that sounds a little like cliche or contrived but honestly i i really 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 love how she dresses or her stylist Marnie puts her together like I, right. I, I absolutely love it to be amazing. yeah she's a, a lot of people are a big fan of Kendall right like her fashion it's amazing I'm a 
this looks like effortless. I'm like, I'm not, I'm not huge on the Kardashians, so everyone who's listening, save your hate mail. Um, <laughs> like, I don't follow any of them on Instagram, but I follow Kendall and I just, I really, just, her vibe, I'm really into her vibe. I like her a lot. Yeah, really effortless, really like literally off-duty model. Like, the, totally. she just aces it. And like, whereas I, 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 like six months ago, even a year ago, I would have been like Kendall and Bella. But I reckon, you know, Kendall's just kind of overlapped Bella and now she's really in the league of her own. Yeah, great. Yeah, she is. Every time I see her being papped, I'm like, oh, you're kidding. Looks so yeah, good. she always looks sick. Yeah. And how would you describe your personal style? Uh, well, right now I'm in gym gear, so like hot mess. But <laughs> generally speaking, like honestly a complete chameleon, I don't really have one particular style that I stick to. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm really quite trend-focused a lot of the time. I buy whatever takes my eye, whether it be like a $15 T-shirt from bloody God knows where, Salvo's, mm-hmm. to, you know, a jacket from Gucci. I'm not fussy about where anything comes from. I don't really care as long as I like it. And that's, I don't know, how would I describe my personal style? I don't necessarily think there is one particular way to describe it, but it's quite relaxed Mm -hmm. for the most part. Like I'm not, I'm not overly like suited and booted unless it's some kind of like racing time, but obviously we have to adhere to dress codes. But generally speaking, jeans, I live in Vans, I live in acne jeans. I wear a lot of uh, like basic, like I do a haul from Uniqlo like once a season. So once in the summer and once in the winter, I get all your knits and your tees and all your basics from there. Um, And then I work into wardrobe where a lot of like, I wear a lot of vitamins, a lot of wear Balenciaga, I wear quite a bit of Gucci. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, like that kind of stuff. Yeah, so a bit cool. of like high fashion meets the high street. I really like yeah. to dance it out and find cool stuff and mix and match different random bits and pieces. Yeah, I um, like that. I actually walked into home last night back to my parents' place for dinner. My mum was like, what have you come out? I was wearing like <laughs> a pair of shorts. It's like 15, 14 degrees in Melbourne. Oh, with like Nike Air Force Ones, these like chunky Missoni socks that I look like I'd stolen off my pop. Um, <laughs> and then this giant like jumper. But I was like, it was so cold that I actually just bought a Dover Street Market in London. It was Palace, which is like a British skate brand. And mum yeah. was like, you look bizarre. So she'd probably define my personal style as like homeless chic, but you know, we're, we're working on it. That's amazing. What have you come as? That's yeah, great. Yeah, what have you come as? <laughs> I love that. That's the best. I'm going to say that to everyone now. <laughs> I think that's a Captain Kim's like, what are you come as? Yeah. Like, I, I started- think it's like a prop. Proper, like, Kath and Kim reference. I literally started watching Kath and Kim on Netflix yesterday. Oh, it's on Netflix? Yes, do it's not, on Netflix. I literally, I've watched two seasons since Monday. Right, oh, what is it? Two, so oh, my God, no, sorry, since Friday, not Monday. Monday was yesterday. But Jesus Christ, is it funny. I'm fucking obsessed oh, with Kath and Kim. Literally the best. I can't get enough. I'm like, and I remember my mum used to love it when I was, like, in primary school. And I never understood it until I grew, hey. like, older. And I'm like, shit, I love this. Do you want something for irony? So this is so fucking funny, right? I've actually been watching Kathy Kim. It's so funny that we've struck this chord. Yes. If you look at like some of the shoes and stuff Kim wears, mm-hmm. like honestly, the irony is not lost on me. They were so fucking ugly when we were watching it back then. Yeah. And like some of those like kind of like wrap around, like kind of kitten heely stuff. Yeah. has come back like literally with a vengeance. So, <laughs> yes. you know what? Tim Craig, whatever the fuck her name is, may have actually been one of the original trendsetters and we didn't even realise until Netflix just launched. Oh, Captain my Kim. God. I'm, so I'm true. calling it. I'm actually calling it. <laughs> yes. So good. Because, Hornbag yeah. cake is what it is. <laughs> I love it. And you know what? Yesterday, I was watching one of the episodes and even Kath, she was wearing this real cool retro 80s jacket. And like back then, we would have been like, oh, mate, like go back to the 80s. But now I'm just all about it. And I'm like, shit, yes. Isn't it amazing? History, uh, all you have to do is look at the runways to decipher like, okay, for example, like Vaccarella at Salon. It's so obvious where his inspiration comes from in in the most fabulous way, by the way. You know, so heavily inspired by the 70s and 80s. Yeah. Everything that is old and fashioned is new again. 
brand. And that's actually what's so exciting about it is to watch fashion constantly evolve and actually constantly adapt and see these modern adaptations of what was such an amazingly strong trend back yeah. then. And it's great. I think it's really, really cool. And obviously the 90s and early 2000s are having a real resurgence now too. Yeah, um, it's really so cool. So fashion is, you know, just, they just rewrite the history books really, yeah. I think, for the most part. It literally just goes around in circles. And I'm, I'm really into like ancient history and I have this really cool, like massive ancient history, like fashion book. And it's all like ancient Greece, ancient Rome, everything. And wow. the clothes that they wore, like it would be, if you, if someone designed that right now, it would sell off. Like it would just fly off the shelves, honestly. Well, how about this? We're seeing, I mean, and I just bought a pair from Bottega Veneta. We're seeing everyone roll out the Jesus sandals. I yes. mean, Jesus was the original trendsetter. Yeah, you know, 100%. Pumping them out like they're crazy, you know? Like, yeah. we're all about these chunky Velcro sandals at the moment. So, mm-hmm. I, that's the Bible's got something to say for that. Yep. Thank you, Bible. <laughs> <laughs> and so, what's coming up for you for the rest of the year and into 2020? Oh, God. So much is happening. Like, it's kind of where do you start? Like, obviously, the race is, is a pivotal thing for yeah. me, as we've touched on a couple of times at this time of the year. Mm-hmm. So a lot of like racing dedicated stuff, but you know, just so many different bits and pieces. Working on my own little side project, which we can jump on the podcast in six months' time once it's all done and talk about that. But, <laughs> yes. Um, looking at you know doing some other different bits and pieces as well. So dipping my um dipping my toes into a few different ponds. But yeah, just it, it seriously just keep on keeping on. So many great opportunities with the girls and um some cool different bits and pieces with some new commercial clients. So yeah, it's a really exciting time. The second half of 2020. So seatbelts on. I'm ready to rock. Yeah, amazing. Can't wait to see what you do. Thank you. You're welcome. I'm, I'm, excited. I'm kind of excited to see what I do too, to be honest. <laughs> I, don't know, I don't quite know what I'm doing yet. <laughs> you kind of just like see how you go as you go along. Yeah, exactly right. Yeah, see what happens. Well, totally. I'm going to jump into a few random questions for you now to finish off. Cool. Okay, number one, what chore do you absolutely hate doing? What chore? Oh, yeah. fuck. Um, <laughs> is cooking a chore? Because I fucking hate cooking. Yeah, we can say that. Yeah. You hate cooking? Like I, I never, ever, ever cook, ever. If you had to cook something, what, what do you reckon your best dish is? Oh, 100%. I don't mean like steak and greens. Oh, okay. That's not bad. Yeah, but that's not that hard. It's like slap the steak in a pan, sear it, sear it, flip it, and chuck it out, and then like <laughs> put the greens in, a, in like a Tupperware in the microwave for 20 minutes. And it's steamed. <laughs> that's the best. Actually, the key to making that good is buy expensive Dijon mustard because then you look like, you know, like a cultured snob who makes a really oh. fancy steak. Yeah, but right. But it's like, the steak came from Woolies, so did the greens. Let's not, <laughs> like, get ourselves here. That's hilarious. And would you rather never wear a pair of fab slippers again or never be able to accessorize again? Wait, hold on. Never be able to wear a pair of fad slippers? No, fabulous, like fabulous slippers. Oh, fabulous. Are yeah. you talking like Gucci, like mule kind of situations? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm like definitely ditch the Gucci slides for oh. sure. Really? So you would, so would you, okay, so you never, you'd rather never wear a pair of slippers over accessorizing? Yeah, 100%. Oh, interesting. Because I thought you or liked them. I don't wear slippers. I don't really wear any slippers. Oh, oh my God. You mean like, it's in like my stubs and wooden slippers? Yes. Ah, well, do you know what? As we said earlier, style is constantly evolving and changing. Mm-hmm. And I've got to say, they're kind of sitting in the back of the wardrobe at the moment. And I know Ooh. that was kind of my thing for a very long time. Yeah. But I'll never accessorize again. I might have to sacrifice the velvet slippers. Wow. Interesting. I know. I know. Rogue call from me. But accessorizing is way more fun than one particular shoe, right? Yeah, true. I did some digging there on your Insta. Yeah, good from you. <laughs> very good from you. <laughs> no worries. Love that. And the- I like what I like what. A lot, so I wouldn't be able to sacrifice the wearing of a watch yeah, to right. the, the slippers. Yeah, and, and the timepiece is always nice, isn't it? Exactly right. Yeah. Okay, the final question. What's a holiday that doesn't exist that you'd like to create? Oh, my God, these questions are so good. 
holiday that doesn't exist. Yeah, that you'd like to create. And then I could go on. Yeah, like I mean, like if there's like a, a day of the year that you would just like, like to create a holiday or anything, like... I mean, a holiday that doesn't exist, which yeah. I think that someone's working on, I'm Mr. Richard Branson, I would <laughs> love to go to space. Oh, shit. There we go. Like the great unknown, right? We all sit yeah. here and we look at the beautiful stars and we look at the moon and it's so tranquil and sometimes you find such peace and solitude in doing that. Like, what the fuck's going on up there? <laughs> So true. Are you, have you seen all these Area 51 memes going around? Oh, my God, the memes. I'm like, <laughs> oh, my God. You can't like, it's like me giving my Area 51. Like, me and my Area 51 alien will be BFF. I'd be like <laughs> totally schooling him on how to like walk in heels and like do the whole bit or her, whatever, whichever one I get. Yeah. And she'd be like, teach me a language because I can't speak any other language. Like, you know. Yeah. Start. But yes, and don't even get me started on memes. Like, literally don't. We'll be here for another <laughs> 45 years. Like, if I could move anywhere in the world, it would be into the internet. Right. And yeah. I would literally like I'm I'm a, I'm a, I'm a self-confessed meme addict. That's amazing. Actually, meme meme junkie. I'll yes. go as far as saying that. Well, you know what? I'm actually a meme dealer because part of my job in radio, I make memes for. Like, Do you really? Yeah, I make meme packs, like big meme packs for our radio stations. Oh my god! I thought about starting like a secret meme account, and I'm like, am I funny enough? Am I good enough? Like. <laughs> Are people going to get my humour? Like, no, do I do honestly, it? And now you I'm, do like, it. I'm feeling too raw and exposed. I think I need to like <laughs> consume a little bit more and then I'll roll with it. Yes, 100%. I, I'll back you. Okay, done. Now that I've got a support crew, like, bang, mm-hmm. I'm, I'll start to like, I'll start to make the account now. Yeah, do it. As soon as you get off the phone, you're done. Exactly. Straight on. <laughs> Elliot, you've been so hilarious. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Babe, thank you so much for having me. I, you know, as I said, I hadn't done a podcast before. So, what an amazing way to start podcasting. Yeah. Yeah, you're on it now. Is that now. what it's called? Is it ca- like participating yeah. in podcasts? Yeah, podcasting. It's a thing. All right, I'm going to go get tattooed now, saying like <laughs> podcast, like yeah. something. I don't know. Yeah, amazing. <laughs> Very cool. But thank you so much for having me. And I love the questions, by the way, especially oh, those last you. two at the end. You really got me thinking. Yeah. Oh, good. That's what I try to do. Thank you. And good luck with everything. Thanks very much. I mean, if you don't come <laughs> see me at the races, I'm going to be dragging you down. Oh, my God. I really want to come. Exactly right. You don't have an excuse now. You've been invited by the official stylist. <laughs> The VRC could hear this and you will be trackside for your first Melbourne Cup Carnival experience. You've got to come see us. Shit, yes. Okay, lock it in. Lock it in. It's happening. Oh, it's gone all quiet now. Oh, no. Where have you gone? I'm here. Oh, you're here. I'm going in and out. I was like, lock it in. And then it was like dead silence for ages. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but lock it in. It's happening. Okay. You're locked in. I'm here. It's locked in. <laughs> Going. Ciao. Thank you. Bye. And if you lose me again, I might be in Area 51. <laughs> Bye, Elliot. Bye. Fashion Avenue is a Hit Network original podcast produced at Hit 105 Studios in Brisbane. Created, produced, and hosted by Amber Lowther. Check out fashion-avenue.co and our Instagram, Fashion Avenue Podcast. Editorial support provided by Tegan Sides. Executive producers are Scott McDonald and Matthew Eggleston. For more great audio storytelling, head to hit.com.au and most importantly, don't forget to subscribe.